Hello, everybody. This is Offensively Challenged. On the phone today, we got a special guest named Robin Lundberg. He is from, formerly from ESPN. He uh, is doing little stuff with uh, Sports Illustrated right now. And uh, we're going to talk about some some basketball, and we're going to talk about some some boxing news that happened yesterday. So uh, welcome to the show, Robin. Hey, what's going on, man? How are you? Good, good. Good to, good to hear from you. Today would be uh, game six if the Cavs won, but you know that they didn't. So we're going to talk about how the uh, Golden State Warriors won the, the championship. Well, how did the Golden State Warriors win the championship? That's pretty easy, right? I mean, they had a, a 73-9 and team a year ago, and they added Kevin Durant. Um, you know, the, the finals are a little bit more competitive, I think, than the number of games would indicate. If the Cavs had won game three, then we, we would be talking about a, a game six, regardless of what happened in, in game five. But ultimately, the Warriors were going to be too much for anybody. Yeah, they kind of blew that, blew that lead in the game three, didn't they? Yeah, down the stretch there. I mean, if Kyle, you're, you're really a Kyle Korver shot away, that open Kyle Korver shot on, on the LeBron drive and kick from um, there being a game six tonight. Right. That's too bad. What do you think about Kevin Durant coming to the Warriors? Rihanna had a little bit to say about it today, saying that it's easy to come to a – it's like having your, uh, your virginity taken away by a hooker going to a 73-win team. Yeah, I mean – it doesn't change how I feel about Kevin Durant as a basketball player. I mean, he's a sensational basketball player. He was awesome in the NBA Finals. I mean, that that would be intellectually dishonest to say it makes him a worse player. It, it doesn't. Right. But was it the you know easy way? I mean, it, it's like taking uh, the scenic route on a bullet train. I mean, uh, the the guy did go to. I mean, let's say we were doing this about a year ago, and it was before the Warriors blew the the series to Cavs about 3-1, people will be talking about last year's Warriors in the conversation with the best teams of all time. They had the best record of all time. And if they had punctuated it with a championship, remember they had won the championship the year before, that would be back-to-back. So we really would be having the discussion of them amongst the greatest teams of all time. And that is the team that Kevin Durant wound up going to. So, and you know, a lot of people like to make the comparison of LeBron going to Miami. And I understand where it comes from, but it's a big difference because when LeBron went to Miami, that team was mediocre, and they were sort of building from scratch. Yes, they were starting with nice foundation pieces with him, Wade, and, and Bosch, but Durant was going to a ready-made championship team, and not just a normal run-of-the-mill championship team, but one that had won more games than any team of all time. Does that does that make him more deserving or less deserving that he won a championship? I know mean, he's been in the league for 10 years, and, you know, being as great a player as he is, he he just definitely deserves a championship. But does it kind of diminish it that he went to the uh, Warriors a little bit? Well, I mean, that's what these conversations are for, right? right. I mean, a, a championship's a championship. If go down in history, he'll always have it. I mean, he can care what we say or what we don't say. But it does lend itself to those discussions about whether all championships are created. For instance, you know, the Cavs winning last year feels like an extra special championship because they came down for 3-1 against the 73-19 because uh, it, it was that title going back to Cleveland and, and they hadn't won. And you can do that for various championship teams throughout the years. Um, as far as, the, you know, the uh, level of accomplishment, I mean, winning the finals MVP was good for him because it showed he was a, a huge important part of what they were doing. Sure. But I, I don't think anybody... Um, 
it's hard to not say that that it wasn't a you know it was almost a, a fait accompli. You knew they were going to win the championship as soon as he went there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's no stopping that guy. There's no stopping that team. Which brings me to my next question: Are they going to do it again next year and the year after that? Like, who's going to stop them? I mean, it's tough, man. You, you, you can never um, predict injuries. Stuff like that can can alter it. But they're the overwhelming favorite going into next year, and they will be the overwhelming favorite going into the year after that. I, I, I think um, Cleveland is, is still the, the closest, obviously. We'll see what they do this offseason. But they need to get more athletic on the perimeter. Uh, and it's just hard because I, I, I don't know if any team in history – to touch this Golden State team, you know, if you're comparing them directly, let's say, to the 96 Bulls, I mean, the 96 Bulls, you could argue, were better for their era, but you're dealing with 20 years of athletic evolution and the explosion of the three-point shot, and the, the Warriors, you know, have not only Durant, but Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, and then that jack-of-all-trades kind of players and Draymond and, and Iguodala. They're, they're really a, a, a monstrous, like, joke of a team. Right. And and with the competition nowadays, where you know since the last three teams, the last two teams in the last three years have made it to the finals, the competition is slim. So the Cavs and the Warriors are going to make the finals every year from here on out, right? Uh, I mean, Boston is probably the the leading challenger in the East because they're already good. They have the number one pick in the draft. They have some ability to to uh, you know. Upgrade, but Golden State for sure. I would say Cleveland is ob- the obvious favorite going into the year. Um, but the, the thing about Cleveland is Le- LeBron is 32 years old and has played more minutes than anybody. So, as much of a freak as he is, eventually that's going to catch up to him. Like eventually he's going to to decline a little, like everyone. But the the, the saying "Father Time is undisputed," so it's. I mean, it's remarkable he's still doing it at, at this point, considering all of the uh, the run he's had, all the minutes he's logged. But eventually, that's going to change. So the Warriors, you have to look at it and say, man, they're they're the favorites for the next three or four years. And in the East, probably the Cavs for the next one or two. And we'll see. Oh, LeBron's also a free agent after next year, so um, there's no guarantee he's going to be in Cleveland for the long term either. Right. I mean, he's in his 14th year, eighth finals appearance. He played in a couple of USA and summer leagues, whatever. And now he, he he's back in the gym. I saw it today and he, he's going to go for it next year. I mean, how how long can he go? I, you said one or two years, maybe. I mean, 14 years playing all that basketball. That's a lot of basketball. Yeah, well, I mean, he's going to have to. Uh, I mean, one thing I think should happen sooner rather than later is he should shift up to playing power forward full-time, uh, that that will be a little easier for because for any um, slight decline in athletic uh, movement, he will you know be able to make up for that by going up against bigger guys. But there's also going to be the latter phase of his career once he gets past his prime, where he's still going to be a good player and he's just going to have to adapt his role. At, at the same time, we don't want to prematurely write him off because he still played at as high a level as anyone ever this season. So, and, you know, it's one of those things we know it's coming, but we have to wait until it actually happens before we, we, uh, we declare it to be. The debate that's probably going to go on, seems like it goes on forever already, is the Jordan 
LeBron comparison, which is fine. You can do that. But do you think Kevin Durant will get into that mix someday, especially if he stays on the Warriors and they win three or four more championships? Um, you know, Kevin Durant, it's tough. I don't know. I mean, he would have to be otherworldly good, great, to get himself into that conversation. He's already in the conversation amongst the, the best, you know, small forwards of all time, and, and he's probably already, let's say, almost like a top 20 player of all time. Um, and so, I mean, he's already in, like, a special place. But to get to that level of special, I mean, you're comparing him directly to LeBron, who has had a very sustained success, and, you know, it's going to be harder to differentiate himself with the Warriors because even if he does add a, a number of championships, it's um, we know what kind of juggernaut of a team they were. But it doesn't take anything away from, from Durant. I mean, he's already – let's say if he hadn't won the championship, you could have already argued he was the best player to not win a championship. So, I mean, sometimes when we're uh, – it almost feels like you're dissing guys when you're saying, hey, this guy's one of the 20 best players who ever lived, and that's hardly a diss. Well, if you are comparing Jordan and LeBron, which seem, seems like everyone is, don't you have to think about the 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 time era, like you said earlier, like where Jordan's played you know, against the Pistons and, and whoever else, and, and the competition was fierce, where now LeBron James is playing against you know, maybe Boston and the Warriors, and the, and and what else? Well, I mean, it depends on how you look at it. I would say that um, by the the numbers, net efficiency, every team that LeBron faced in the finals is better than any team Jordan faced in the finals. I saw um, you could argue it was tougher to get out of the Heat during that time period, but LeBron has, has played some absolute behemoths of teams. I mean, even the teams, if you think about the Thunder that he beat, that was Durant, Harden, and Westbrook, yeah. plus Ibaka in his prime. Uh, the Spurs had Ginobili, Parker, Duncan, and Kawhi Leonard. Uh, obviously, the Warriors, um, the, the, ones, you know, the one black mark on LeBron's career is the 2011 Finals. That was a really good Mavericks team, but LeBron didn't play up to par. And uh, Jordan might not have a series like that on his resume. But I, I don't buy the competition thing because I think the, the competition at the highest level, LeBron has faced much greater competition than Jordan did. Now that, that now that LeBron is three and five in the finals, that doesn't affect his his legacy, does it? Especially well, only a moron. If you're working, if you look at the results and work back without context, yes, people are going to try and argue that way. Yeah. But I mean, think about it like this: because they're over six and zero in the finals, which is remarkable. Right. I mean, we're, I'm not taking, I'm not, I'm not here to take credit away from Michael Jordan. But think about six and zero versus three and five, right? Mm-hmm. Well, three and five, the record is worse by percentage, but it also means you've been to the finals twice more. So this idea that getting to the finals is somehow you know a failure um, is is odd because losing before the finals is not better than losing in the finals. That's, that's a good way to look at it. Now that the, the finals are over and the Warriors won, everyone seems to only be talking about LeBron. Why did do, why does that happen? They win a championship. Cool, you won. Thanks for playing. We're going to talk about LeBron James now. Why does that happen? Uh, I mean, I, I think it just comes with the territory of LeBron is a transcendent figure. In not only sports, but in general. And, and think about, uh, I mean, I remember I was in, in college when he was first on the cover of Sports Illustrated, you know, 
uh, what was it said, the, the chosen one. He was 16 years old. And when he got into the league, not only was he, like, sort of preordained, which, which made him a celebrity because he was the first guy we were watching at such a young age so closely, but he also came up right at the explosion of the social media 24-7 news cycle age. So every move he's been done since then has been dissected. And the Warriors have multiple guys on that team. So it's sort of you, you share, you spread it around a little bit when it comes to the attention. Uh, Le- LeBron is, is just, you know, he's the one we're comparing to Michael Jordan. And Michael Jordan was the, the, the figure of his era. So when you're going through the list of athletes who um, have resonated like that, I mean, you're, you're talking... Michael Jordan, you're talking LeBron James, you're talking Muhammad Ali, maybe Tom Brady. I mean, it's, it's a very, very yeah. short um, list in that regard. Yep. And uh, I don't know if you've seen the 30 for 30 that ESPN has been playing about the Boston Celtics and the Los Angeles Lakers, but they show you know a bunch of highlights from that era and how physical of an era that was. I know LeBron James is built like a linebacker, but do you think he could – he would – be able to make it back then? Oh, yeah. I, I think that you're putting LeBron in, he's not in trouble. The other people are in trouble. <laughs> and, there, you know, there's, there, there is um, physicality, and then there's also those rule changes. I mean, the, the rules are different now, too. So it, it was more physical back then in the sense that you could hit somebody with a forearm and knock them on their butt. But now you can also play defenses that you weren't allowed to back then. I mean, back then you had to play man-to-man defense percent hard double days you can play these quasi-zones. So, for instance, you can have Andre Iguodala guard LeBron on the perimeter and Draymond Green shade over so that he's basically being guarded by one and a half guys. And you could not do that back then because it would be a legal defense and a technical foul. So um, there's, it's hard to compare errors for a variety of reasons. Like I said, three-point shot, rule changes, just the, the, the nature of human evolution where it's not fair to somebody who played 20, 30 years ago to, to hold them up to the same athletic standard of somebody with modern science and development. But, um, I, no, I mean, I, I don't buy I, I feel like any of the greats would adapt. So you take a, an old-time great and you, you put them in today's day and age, they would refine their outside shot. They would get better in that sure. regard. And you take uh, a great from today and you put them back in the past and they, they've learned to deal with, you know, if um, Le- LeBron knew he could dish out as well as, as take them. I and nobody, nobody's... I don't care what era you're in. You don't want to get in front of a 6,207-pound guy who runs, you know, uh, super fast coming straight down the I hear, I hear you. Uh, now, now that the NBA is over, of course we got the uh, – there's an award show now. What do you think about that? Does it seem just just like, hey, look at me, look at this award show, we're going to do it all in in one time? Or did you, how, did you like it back when they would – Give it to you before the game started. Whatever award you you would win. Well, I don't know if it works. I think the timing was a mistake because you know the MVP. It, it's so long ago was the regular season, and it's just going to feel anticlimactic for Russell Westbrook to win the MVP right now. Yep. Um, after what we just saw in the playoffs, and he was eliminated so long ago. So I, I think their mistake was with the the, the timing of the presentation. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't. It was it two weeks after the season's over, and now remember Russell Westbrook, you know, which which he played like a month and a half ago. It seems like, yeah, yeah you're right. The uh, well, and now the NBA draft 
is going to happen. And, well, there's only really one, well, two storylines going in. Who's number one? And then where's Lonzo Ball going? Well, what, what, what will Boston maybe do with that draft pick, too? Are they going to keep it or are they going to trade it? And, yeah, Lonzo Ball has become the, the story, obviously, because of his father. Right. Which is which is entertaining, or to me, it's it's not really entertaining. But he's he's doing it for attention. That's what I think. He's doing it for attention for his son to go. He probably wants him to go to L.A. Who knows where he's going to go? Uh, well, I mean, they obviously want him to go to L.A. The, the problem is that you know, if it's close, does uh, a team pass on him because they think his father is a bit of a distraction? I mean, I don't have a problem with much of what Barball has done. Most of it's just boisterous, and he's like a pro wrestling announcer, basically, and he's trying to say, profit a little bit off of I was just going to say, all that time. I was just going to say, he would be perfect. My, my, one issue, my, my one issue is, does he hurt his kid a little bit? And that's the one thing you don't want, you know, like, uh, to be the negative side effect when you're when your parent is that in trying to boost it all up, are you actually taking away from... from uh, are you raising the expectations a little bit too much? So if Lonzo Ball is a good player, he's deemed a failure, or are you are you lowering his stock going into the draft? Right. And I think after all this is over, if Vince McMahon wants to call LeVar Ball, he would be perfect in WWE. <laughs> sure. I mean, he can uh, promote his clothing line there and have his, have his uh, stable of wrestlers uh, wear uh, the big baller brand. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, of course, you heard of the uh, breaking news yesterday with Mayweather and McGregor happening on August 26th. I'm going to watch. I think it's going to be entertaining as hell. What do you think? Well, I think the hype for it will be entertaining. The, the fight itself, I, I mean, it depends on what the definition of entertaining is. I mean, <laughs> it's not much of a fight. Uh, Floyd is going to embarrass him. I mean, it's boxing. You know, like McGregor is a, a, a mixed martial artist. He's not a he's not a trained boxer. So it's like saying um, Odell Beckham can beat Usain Bolt in a race. Just because Odell Beckham is fast doesn't mean he can beat the, the fastest person in the world. So uh, whatever, I mean, uh, people will be rooting for McGregor because they don't like Floyd, and there's plenty of good reasons not to like Floyd. But it's ignoring reality to this um, how excellent Floyd is at his craft. And if say Canelo Alvarez, who is a trained boxer, an elite-level boxer, couldn't touch Floyd Mayweather. Conor McGregor doesn't stand a chance. Um, So unless McGregor decides to go outside of the rules and do something which would be dirty in the context of this fight, it's really going to be just Floyd toying with McGregor. And, And I have to think McGregor realizes that when he signed up for a boxing match. So basically what he probably signed up for was the payday, which we know is going to be enormous. And despite the fact that the outcome isn't really in doubt, the uh, anticipation is going to be very high, um, no matter how many people say that, that it's not a legit fight. Well, in the match, don't you think, you know, if, if McGregor's in the corner getting punched, you know, his first res- resort to, to fighting is, is MMA. So do you think he would resort back what he known his whole life? Like you don't think he's just going to tackle him or bring him down to the onto the mat, do you? I think I think that's curiosity factor is like because it's such a spectacle. Could something outside of the norm happen? Because if it is a cut and dry boxing match, he he might not land a punch. You know, <laughs> yeah. the, the, Floyd, Floyd Mayweather is beating 
Oscar De La Hoya, Canelo Alvarez, Manny Pacquiao, Shane Mosley, on and on down the line. Like, guys, that's what they do, right? And, and uh, you know, MMA is not the same as it. And I would say the same thing. If this was, uh, you know, competed under USC rules, Floyd would stand no chance. So, I mean, you sort of watch for the curiosity factor. But if he's going to just try and actually um, throw hands only with, with Floyd, Floyd, if Gary, Floyd would not, let me put it this way, Floyd stands so much more to lose than McGregor because Floyd has never lost and it's technically embarrassing for him to lose this fight. And Floyd, regardless of what he may do outside of the ring, when it comes to inside of the ring, he's very intelligent. And when it comes to planning of what he's doing inside of the ring, he's very intelligent. And he was not going to take a fight with 15-0 on the line unless he knew it was a guaranteed win. Well, now, now, I mean, now that he has everything to lose, but if if McGregor loses, then then he lost to the best fighter in the world. But if McGregor wins, then he beat the best fighter in the world. Like he has, McGregor has nothing to lose. Um, no, I mean, other than you know, like being mocked or whatever, depending on what happens. But you know, a loss is not as harmful to McGregor. And, and McGregor, you know, he probably waited to see how high the pay. I don't know what the, I didn't I haven't seen what the purses are going to be, but I have to imagine he's making north of twenty million for the fight. So he, he might just be okay with taking a blemish on his record. Especially, yeah, especially with all that money. Why wouldn't you? You would do it for that much, wouldn't you? Fight Floyd Mayweather? Yeah. Um, for twenty million, probably. Yeah. Um, though, I mean, he, I mean, you're going to get out. Uh, it's gonna he's gonna knock you out. You know? <laughs> like, Floyd may not be gonna have the strongest hands against other boxers, but if he wants to. He'll knock McGregor out, and obviously he would knock me out. I'd get in the ring in two seconds if they said twenty million dollars. I'll take a punch. Yeah, twenty million is tough, tough to turn down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Robin, uh, we appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, I know you didn't have to do this, but but we appreciate it. Follow us on uh, iTunes and SoundCloud. We're offensively challenged. If we if people want to find you, where do they need to go? Uh, just go to Robin Lundberg on Twitter or uh, RobinLundberg.com. Uh, you know, I, I post all the the latest updates on, on what I'm doing. Um, Twitter's probably the best place to to start. Sounds good. Well, I appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for coming on. I'm sure we'll talk some other time. All right, take it easy, man. Thank you. And that was Robin Lundberg. We appreciate it. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for listening. If you want to follow us on SoundCloud, Facebook, Instagram, iTunes, Snapchat, Twitter is OCP Podcast, OC Podcast One. Don't forget that. Appreciate a lot. Robin Lumberg again. So if you're done listening, we're done talking. Gotta go. Gotta go.